corporate assemblies. You know, even in where I'm getting ready to read right now, I'm basically going to come from Second Chronicles, Solomon, chapter 7, verses 13 until. And they read. Now, this is God talking. And he says, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked and do according to all that I have commanded you, and if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom. As I covenant with David, your father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man as ruler in Eve, in Israel. And I, from that, I just want to say that as we do this, there's going to have to be a coming together of the people. I mean, this is not something one man can do, not something one uh, church can do, not something, uh, but it is a something one people can do. And I say one people because we are all God's people. None of us belong to anybody else. I don't belong to a church per se. I don't belong to a denomination per se. I don't belong to any of that. We belong to God. And once you understand that it's not about a denomination, it's not about a, 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 a church name or, 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 or a specific church entity that it's really about God and who you belong to and who she belongs to and who we all as a collective body belong to, then I think we'll understand that a little bit better. Because he said, my people, which are called by my name, if they will humble themselves, pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. You know, even in Esther, when they came to pretty much wipe out the Israelites, uh, they was able to come, she, she was able to come together with a collective body. She was able to come together with everybody in the kingdom, not just one person, but everybody. And they all came together and did on one accord something that saved the masses. So if you can understand that, then you can understand that the time that we're in, there has to be a collective coming together. There has to be unity in the body of Christ. And not no longer the prophets this, or no longer the apostles that, no longer the pastors this, no longer the evangelists that, but it has to be a collective coming together of the body of believers. And I think that is what God is calling us to. One body, one mind under Christ. One people. And that is the direction that I think we need to attack this whole thing because we are stronger together. Let me ask you a question though. Yeah. How did we get here? How did we get here? 
how did we get here in a sense of where we are so separated um, and divided even in the church where the where is the one place where there's supposed to be unity? Well, as you can see, um, over time, you know, we have grown separately. You see, back in the sixties and seventies and everything, when 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 blacks had came out of slavery, you know, there was a togetherness. It was. You know what I'm saying? And, but after after things changed, you know, there used to be a black Wall Street. You know what I'm saying? There used to be black businesses, but everything came together. There was no I this and I that. You know what I'm saying? There was no I. It was us, we, our. And that is actually how the bus boycott was successful in those days was because nobody got on the bus. And they carpooled or they walked together in order to boycott the bus. And that was a unity and unified stance that they that they had taken in order to succeed, in order to have rights, in order to be able to basically do what we do today. Yeah. So in other words, everything that we are seeing now even, mm -hmm. there was there has already been a forethought. There has already been something that's been implemented before. There's always been a movement that happened before. Mm -hmm. And and it's not that we're doing anything new, it's that we're doing what works. We yeah. have to do what works. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, as you can see back with Martin Luther King, I mean, there wasn't just one person saying, oh, I have a dream. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when that one person had a dream, everybody came together to support that dream. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and that's where I think we as a people need to come together. I mean, I understand that pastors have the church that they have to govern if you will. But I also understand that even as leaders, you should be able to say, even though I have this church and you have that church, right? And 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 that church is down the street. Yes. There we still should be able to come together because we're supposed to be like-minded. We're yes. supposed to be one person. We're supposed to be <laughs> United we stand and divided we fall. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I think I that that's where together. I think that that's where we as a people have gotten off track. Because we think it's all about us. It's all about our church. It's all about our members. It's all about our ministry. Mm. Yeah. But it's really not about our anything. Absolutely. It's about God's everything. And I think that if we can see past our and understand that this is God's doing, mm. understand that this is God's business, yeah. understand that this is all God, Yeah. then we can come back to the place of right standing and he can forgive our sins and heal our land. Mm. Well, you know, even in the church, um, I was, I'm reading this book. It's called Better Together by Rusty George. And he said a few things um, that coincide with what you're saying. And I never thought about the church in this way and how we are so divided within the church. 
which is crazy, right? I mean, even when you look in the church, there are cliques. But but this is this right here kind of sums up why that is. So it says, seems like even church can help create more isolation for us. It says, it even happens when a leader no longer, oh, I'm sorry, but not that one. Hold on. Even when you said that, you know, church is not supposed to be a place of isolation. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a place of insulation. Right. You know, it's supposed to be a place that we can come and be comforted. It's supposed to be a place we can come for healing. It's supposed to be a place we can come to be calm, whole. You say, do not forsake the assembly, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's the assembly is among the brethren mm-hmm. because that's where we gain strength. Right. So it says church shopping can be the result of someone thinking, I've heard all this before. Familiarity can breed contempt. And in our ever-changing culture, predictability can be the kiss of death. They conclude that God's spirit has moved from their current church and into this new work. So it's time to move on. We want to get the biggest bang for our buck. So we pick a place based on how many boxes are checked on our wish list. Entertaining, intellectually challenging, and emotionally soothing teaching. Worship music that uses hymns and new songs, not too loud or too soft. Good coffee, not just Folgers, and donuts, not just donut holes. Great kids programs that take place when my kids don't have sports. Women's studies, as long as they aren't going through a study I've already done. Men's fishing retreats, a singles mingle group vacation bible school to get my kids out of the house in the summer and all of the above then it says we begin to shop for a church are are looking at the wrong are we looking at the wrong list after all is perfection even an option we are alienating ourselves in the one place that should be most unifying church with all of our groups cliques philosophies strengths styles denominations and preferences No wonder we wake up one day and feel alone. No wonder we say, no one gets me. In an effort to discover ourselves, we've lost our community. In an effort to specify our preferences, we've even lost our church. And then it goes on to talk about the cross removes the division. And as I read that, I thought about how many programs within the church that we have we have the singles we have the marriage ministries we have all of those things but it's still not exclusive to everybody because I thought about myself as a woman who has been divorced twice and let's say I go into a church and I'm not married and I don't really classify being single and divorced in the same category but I could be a benefit to both parties because of my experiences. So saying as far as like for a married uh, people or ministry, I would be able to come in and say where I failed. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Give where I've learned. And because I really don't fit in as a divorcee in the marriage group or in the singles group, because singles is not the same thing. Or do we even forget about the widows? Because that's not the same thing. No, it's not. You see what I'm saying? And and, and the Bible is clear about taking care of the widows. So 
how much are we dividing ourselves within the church, let alone outside the church? And then what you were talking about as far as there can be five churches on one street and they never come together never for the community that they sit in. Yeah. Rather Baptist, Methodist or whatever. And one thing I've learned from our leader, Apostle Alicia Lindsay, is when she um, closed her church. And I forget if it was for a month or a couple of months, but she went and took all of her members and supported and supported the uh, smaller ministries or the startup ministries and sold into them and things of that nature. What would happen if we even did that part or even just came together? If we actually came together, the church can be open seven days a week. Yeah, but see, but then you have that they ain't me. But we're you know volunteers for God. We, you, you, in a sense, you know what I'm saying? You you can't look for being rewarded <laughs> by man. And, and and I think that, that it's not about, in, in the current church today, I can't say that it's not about being recognized by man or being rewarded by man. But I think that when you look from the standpoint of I'm a pastor over here or 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 you're a pastor over there, um, I think the issue is that we may have we may think mentally that we have different philosophies. Right. But we're supposed to serve the same God, which the means Bible. the same Holy Spirit that speaks to you speaks to me. Right. The same Holy Spirit that governs your church governs my church. Right. But we tend to think that this is what God called me to do mm. and, and, and not us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think that when we can get out of our own way, and just really allow the Holy Spirit to do what he does, you know, then we can begin to see what the Bible declares. Well, man is always in the way. Well, And that's and why revival and things of that nature. Even in the Zulu Street. Yeah, yeah, that's why I ended. But... <laughs> That's why things can't come together because we want to schedule revival. We want to put revival on the calendar and say, oh, okay, we're going to have revival next Tuesday. Revival doesn't happen like that. And I understand that sometimes it takes some time. Yes. You know, and I know a lot of people, we, we like time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. Mm. We, we just don't have extra time to give. We just don't have this. We don't have that. We don't have that. But I might I might not have but like five hours. <laughs> I might not have but two hours. Mm -hmm. But that person over there might have another two hours. That person over there might have yeah. another two hours. That's that person good. over there might have another two hours. Mm -hmm. But you never know what anybody has until we can come together and have this mm. conversation. Mm. And I think that the conversation needs to be had in the neighborhoods that are supposed to be uh, they're supposed to be helping the people. They're supposed to be making a difference in the communities. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even if it was community by community. And then those communities decided to come together. And then we can begin to 
orchestrate something around wherever we live at. See, like for us, for instance, we live over here in Colombia. We're gonna say Colombia. <laughs> we live over here in Colombia, yeah. and if we if we could get different leaders from around the city mm -hmm. to come together, then I think that we could do something that could shift our geographical location. You know what I'm saying? You know, when I when I before we came to Columbia the first time, mm -hmm. I always called it Gosher. Yeah. I did. I, I think always, I remember you saying I always that. looked at it like it was Gosher. You know what I'm saying? It's it's supposed to be the place of plenty. No lack. It's supposed to be the place where everything is supposed to happen. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like God did this. He made it. He made us. He made this move for us, so that we can walk into our place of abundance. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I know that sometimes, you know, uh, we suppose we think that we're supposed to walk into it immediately. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when immediately doesn't happen, we get discouraged. You know what I'm saying? And, and, I, and, it, and then we be like, "Oh man, it, it, this ain't what I thought it was." No. But you got to understand that God said, "I will perfect that thing that concerns you," which means I'm gonna take my time and I'm gonna do it right. It doesn't mean I'm gonna give it to you right now. It means I'm mm. gonna, I'm I'm gonna Say give you a little bit, then I'm gonna see what you do with it. When you mess it up, I'm gonna give you a little bit. I'm gonna see what you do with it. You mess it up, I'm gonna give you a little bit until I see until I see that you can handle the little bit before I can give you what it is that I that you see. There is something that you see that has not yet manifested. There is a vision that you have of yourself that has not manifested, mm. but you think that that vision is for now, and sometimes. It is. Sometimes. But there are also sometimes you have to get there. Because I could tell you right now, there's sometimes that seems, oh my God, this is a sense of urgency. You know, God is just going to do this thing and I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. And then you go after it and it doesn't work out the way that you thought it would at first. Mm. You get discouraged. You be like, God, I, I, I don't know what happened. God said, <laughs> the time is not yet. Mm. You have not fully yet matured. Mm. You have not fully yet grown into the understanding of who I am. You have not fully yet grown into the understanding of what I want to do. You have not gotten there yet. He said, but just hold on. Just wait a little while. I'm coming, but in my time, not yours. And I think that that's the place where we have to understand that God is not on our time. He's not doing what we want him to do. He's doing what he wants to do. But in order for him to do that in us, to us, and through us, he has to perfect us for that call. You understand what I'm saying? That call has a perfection. That call has a mandate. That call has, uh, uh, um, it has so many things built around it that you did not see in the vision. Mm. It has so many aspects to it. It has so many ways that it's supposed to flow. But because you have not gotten there yet, you get discouraged. But what, wait a minute. I'm sorry. That discouragement causes you to do it yourself and within yourself. Yeah, it does. And it, what happens? It causes you to push forward because I know what I saw. Mm. I know what God <laughs> said. I know, I know, I know. And yes, you do know. Yes. But yes, what you yes. don't know is the amount of time it's going to take to perfect you for that call. Mm. See, because God will give you, he'll give you $10,000. Mm-hmm. Mm. mm. <laughs> You blow up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a nice car. I got a nice house. And I got money in the bank. You know what I'm saying? 
And y'all like ten thousand dollars? That ain't nothing. That ain't nothing. <laughs> that ain't nothing. A house, a car. That, that ain't, ain't nothing. nothing. <laughs> I own a thousand cal up on the hill. I own all this. I own everything. <laughs> now, if you want something, you can get it. But you need to come to me in the right way. If you want something, you can get it because I told you from the beginning. I give you whatever you ask me for. If it's within my will. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of times that we say, um, you know, God say, the God say, I, I can have whatever it is that I want. He, 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 he'll give me, wait a minute. <laughs> Slow your roll. <laughs> you, need to, you need to understand the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, mm. the pride of life. You know, those are all things that mm. are contrary to God. All things that are contrary to the Holy Spirit. Mm. All things that are just contrary. Jesus owned everything, but he took nothing. He said, he said, look, you know, I own all this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my father gave it to me. Not my daddy, but my, <laughs> my father, father yes. gave it to me. He said, but you know what? I ain't going to take it for myself. I'm going to give it to you, mm -hmm. but I can only give it to you based upon your understanding of me. That part. I can only that give part. it to you when you are ready. Mm -hmm. You see, Jesus couldn't inherit the kingdom of heaven until he was ready. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Uh, we say, oh, he had it. He already had it. He already had it. No, he didn't. In fact, 30 years, he walked without it. Mm. And the same thing can happen to you. 30 years, you can mm. walk without it. That's good. But in a moment, you can receive it. Mm. Amen. It's a, it descended on upon him like a dove. <laughs> the kingdom Did descended really upon him like a dove. You know what I'm saying? In a moment, uh -huh. he was endowed, not with the understanding of the kingdom, mm -hmm. but with the power of the kingdom. Mm. And I think that that's what we really want, right? Yeah. It's the power of the kingdom. Yeah. But with the power of the kingdom comes great responsibility. He said, if you be faithful over a few things, mm -hmm. I'll make you ruler, oh. ruler over many. But I think sometimes, too, um, as, as you even said that we've become so consumed by things yes of this world but 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 you have to look at it the lust of the eye i see it i want it i see it i want but, it but you know and, and 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 that goes back to um communities and churches as well you know that pride will kill you and it it'll will. kill the vision that god has for you and you see how and, the people cried out for a king. Mm. <laughs> we want a king. We want a king. Y'all said, wait a minute. I'm your king. <laughs> right. Just let me be. Right. Let me be who I am to you. And I'm going to make this happen. No, right. no, 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 no. We want a king like everybody else. Mm. We want somebody to sit under <laughs> like everybody else has. Mm. Everybody has a king. Everybody has a kingdom. Why can't we have one? And God said, down. Give them what they want. Yeah. If you can't wait for what I want to do for you, you can't you can't see the value 
in me, then give them what they want. Mm. They cried for a king. They got him too. God gave him Saul. <laughs> they got him. <laughs> but Saul, though he was <laughs> handsome, <laughs> though he was everything that yes, they wanted was. in the king, he lacked the perfection mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit. And that only lasted a minute. And and, and that's the great fall of man is we can be in power. Mm. We can be lifted up by God. Get out of the grace of God and fall away from God but still remain in position. Mm. You said something right there. And still remain in position. And I want you to I want to tell you that just because a person is in position, in a position of power, doesn't mean that they have the power. Mm. And I think that that's one of the hardest things for somebody to see. A spiritual person that is to see somebody have power mm. but think that they still got the power when the power has left them you see David mm. never David could have killed Saul many a times yes but David never did he said I will not touch God's anointed I, I refuse to do that but 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 God was telling Samuel something totally different <laughs> But David was like, no, 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 no. He's God's anointed. You see what I'm saying? From the perception of the king that was to be, he was saying, Saul is still anointed to be king, and I will not touch him. Mm. But from God's perspective, he didn't take his hands from around Saul. And Samuel over there crying. <laughs> 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 And God said, Samuel, hmm. how long will you mourn? How long? Seeing that I have rejected Saul, how long will you mourn? Mm-hmm. How long will you relent from doing what I told you to do, doing for what I called you to do, and I called you to do, I called, I told you to go to our native Jesse house, <laughs> and I told you to get that day boy, and anoint him to be king. Now, he ain't going to be king yet. He going to no. go through some things. That's right. He ain't going to be king yet, but I'm going to let him taste it. I'm going to walk him into the palace and let him see what I have for him. But I ain't going to let him get it Mm. because he ain't ready. Mm. And that's what God will do with you. He'll take you somewhere. He'll show you. He'll say, look, I'm I'm, I'm showing you this because this is where I'm taking you. But you can't get it yet because you ain't ready yet. How you going to put a little boy? (laughs) How you going to make a little boy a king? (laughs) He ain't even learned how to be a man yet. You know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. We have to mature into the things of Christ. We have to mature into the things of God. We have to mature into it. So what makes what makes a person mature? Because that's a word that we often mishandle. Well, first of all, maturity is not in what I can do. Mm, you know? That's right. It's not in my ability. That's right. And it's not in what I perceive. But it's what I grow into. You know what I'm saying? 
And nobody comes out the womb mature. We yeah. all start as a baby. But, but and we grow. But people feel like toddler adolescence. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we grow up. <laughs> people feel like especially going back to the church again. So when people don't give others the grace to grow. Right. That also turns into them not giving themselves the grace to grow. Everything is a right now instant product. Yeah. You know, and what happens is, and my biggest concern, not only for churches and communities, but even the words that come out of our mouths, I understand that there are ears on the other side of our voice. And I understand that there those ears are attached to a soul. And so as communities, as churches, as leaders, we can call ourselves whatever we want to call ourselves. Yeah. We, we, we can exalt ourselves if we want to. And, and I'm going to say this because what you read about, I, I was in prayer one day and I, I said to the Lord, <laughs> I said, uh, Lord, give me the spirit of humility. And the Lord said to me, if you can exalt yourself, you can humble yourself. And that goes back to what you, what the word said. You know, if my people mm-hmm. who are called by my name shall seek my face and humble themselves, oh, we can humble ourselves. Oh, it is possible to humble yourself, not the false humility. Will we go around and say, oh, I'm just humble and I don't want anything and I don't and you don't have to do that for me and. You know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? But humble yourself <laughs> under humble the mighty hand yourself. of God. And we can humble ourselves. And that's where we also have to examine ourselves yes. in order to humble ourselves. Yes. Because we is we can see everybody else. Yeah. And we and we can't recognize our own pride within. Yeah, because he said, take that beam. He, out said, of your own. He, he said the beam. Out of your own eye, mm-hmm. so that you can see your brother clearly, right? To help him remove the speck. But what? What? Is and his. as you as you quote that scripture, what about when you go to your brother or your sister, which the Bible tells you to do when you have an alt against them, and they don't see the pride or know of the pride or dismiss the pride that's within them. I think that that is a place that they have to come to in prayer. That's a place that they have to come through with, come to within themselves. Because what a person doesn't want to be is wrong. Mm, you know what I'm so. saying? Uh, uh, say we so. as a people have a problem with being wrong, especially as a prophet. Yes. Amen. Yeah. I'm right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. You right. Uh-huh. You right. You right about what God shows you. You write right. about what you see in, in the spirit. You write about that. But what you have not tapped into is what God is talking to you about mm. you. <laughs> I mean, so. because a lot of times God give you a word, boom. Mm-hmm. You automatically think it's for everybody else. But you got to be the first partaker of that Digest word. Digest it. He said, take of me. Yes. And when he said, take of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden mm. is light. He said, I'll do the work so nobody else don't have to come and tell you about you. <laughs> I love that. I love it. 
I'll tell it. you first. Yes. But if you don't get it, mm. I'm going to tell somebody else. Mm. And they can come and tell you. And mm. if you don't get it, I tell it. somebody else. Mm. And they're going to come together and then they're going to come. In. Look, he tried to give us all the chances he can before we get to the church. <laughs> I like that. Before we yes, get to everybody, before we become exposed to <laughs> yes, everybody, yes. he'll tell us individually. Behind then he'll tell doors. somebody else. In secret, yes. But when we don't want to hear what God got to say. To us. To us. Mm-hmm. We don't want to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say to the church. <laughs> and you are the church. That's what yes. you need to understand, that you are the church. And that God wants to really use you. He really wants to cleanse you, to purge you, to prune you of all those little dead flowers that's on you. Get them out of the way so that you can grow and you can sprout. God is all about growth. He's all about elevation. He's all about loving you. He's all about giving. He said, any man that comes to me must first believe that I am and that I'm a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. He said, I am what you want. I am what you need. I am God. In the Jesus form. And as you said that. He's coming back for his church. And you know, that, that sparks a whole other thing. It does. Because he, like you said, he's not coming for a building. He ain't coming for no building. he's coming for a church. Let me, let me, let me, let me expound on that for Go a ahead. second. Please. You know, we have become so consumed with the building. Oh, yeah. And all its aesthetics and cosmetics. Yeah. And. Because we needed to look the part and i understand mm-hmm. that i understand excellency i understand having the uh resources available mm-hmm. there are some things that also can hinder and cause man to stumble mm-hmm. okay going back to what i was talking about the different ministries and things of that nature Talking about division and and things and unity within the church. What if you have someone who is very materialistic? Someone who has always been trying to get it all their lives. Always trying to make a way all their lives. The Mm -hmm. wrong way. And when they come into the church, okay, of God. We got flat screens, we got TVs, we got big screens, we got this, we got that. All of that is fine. We got fashions galore, okay? Mm-hmm. Baby, if you can afford it, hallelujah, okay? But what if the person and the soul that's in the seat can't look past your stuff and they try to keep up? With your stuff. And maybe that was the very thing that attracted them to the building was your stuff. Okay. You see and what I'm you saying? Got oh, they coveting over what you got. Exactly. So when we preach, don't covet, are we also putting in front of people the thing that they struggle coveting over? And in other words, I've also seen this. If I can see your front door, 
and your pulpit with the twist of my neck. You don't need screen TVs up there. What is that? There's no scriptures up there. There ain't no cross up there. Nothing that represents God or holiness. And I'm not, I'm not bashing churches for having what they have at all. But my concern is the soul that's in the seat. Because people do look at what you have. People do look at, I mean, they've always looked at what preachers have. They've always said, oh, well, they driving a Cadillac and all of those things. Even we was when we was growing up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Bro so it's nothing new. But what? when is it going to become about the soul in the seat? You know, when we was when we went to um, for the past two and a half years, when we was in Texas and we was at Bishop T.D. Jacobs church and God showed me, he said, look at the empty seats. Because he got empty seats just like everybody else. Yeah. OK. Every now and then they're full to capacity when he's having something. OK. Or someone comes out that's well known. And I looked at the empty seats and he said. There's a soul missing. And for every leader that is counting members, you know how many members you got, but you don't know how many souls you've saved or helped save. Let me say it that way. The souls that are missing are the ones that you need to count. You need to count every seat that there is not a body in and ask God to lead you to that soul that's missing. Because if it's not about the soul, souls up to, for, to be reconciled back to God, if it's not about that, close your doors. Because what are you really there for? Everybody's not going to be saved. I get that. Okay? Sure. Everybody's not going to want to come to Christ. I get that. But when they walk in your door, what did you feed them or did you feed them you? Did you feed them your materialistic stuff? Did you did you tell them that God was Santa Claus because all you got to do is ask and receive? Name and claim. Yeah. Turn around three times and touch the ground. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hallelujah. But but in, in one part of the Bible, it says for for the people that are holy, you know, there, there's conditions to those things. You know, there I've, I've learned many of things as we talk about community as well. And I know I'm kind of going back and forth, but I've learned from different people, from different eras and from different backgrounds. And I don't ever think that there is a person in this world that I cannot learn from. I don't care if it's an atheist because an atheist has taught me that knowledge is power because what they do is they study so many religions and have so much knowledge that when they speak, they know what they're talking about to a point. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if they talk to a person who is not saved, I see why they can pull them. I see why it's an easy grasp because they're confident in what they're saying. Why do we have so much stuff to make it seem like we're we're oh we're kingdom, we're God, because we look at what we got, look at who we are, look at our titles. 
which means nothing but what you function in. Okay. When you say that, and God start blessing, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Do you want to hide that bless? I have before. I have before. And, and I'm going to tell you. And I'm what tell happens you. when God says, don't hide mm -hmm. what I have given you. Right. But because of your work in a secret place, mm -hmm. I'm going to reward, reward you, you openly. Open. Yes. You know, and so, so he says, don't hide what I've given you. Mm -hmm. Show everybody what I've given you. Because they have the same opportunity as you have. What happens when God is telling you to, not so much to flaunt it, but to drive a nice car that I drive a nice car that I made provision mm -hmm. for. Mm -hmm. Now, now, I ain't showing nobody my house like that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we not doing nah, that. That, that. Not on this channel. <laughs> I mean, not nowhere. But but what if uh, your attire, the way you, I'm gonna tell you, because the more you, the more you, the more you grow in God, your taste change. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, because you know. I usually didn't wear no Gucci. But I'm not talking about hiding the blessings. I'm talking about, I'm specifically, let, well, let me clarify what you're that. You I'm specifically you. talking about, there are some things, I'm not talking about hiding your blessings, and I'm not talking about covering up what God has given you and blessed you with. But there should still be a level of humility. And the, your Holy Ghost should speak to you concerning certain people. Because a lot cannot of, handle. That's right, and some people can't handle that. It. Some people can't handle that. You know what I'm saying? Because because what happens is what I've seen a lot in leadership is the leader will be blessed and have all these things, and the people that's following eventually leave or think because oh well because they got it I ain't got it and I'm doing all the work. Then they leave or they be they, they find themselves being offended or. Or jealous or envious. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and and the leader is not looking at that person in a sense of can this person handle this? This level, <clears throat> excuse me, this level that I'm on, this level where God is taking me. You can't take everybody with you. Okay? And then there are some people that's just like you wouldn't, not that you drink, but I'm just using this as an example. You wouldn't drink in front of someone who struggled with alcohol. I'm saying the same things that we apply to people who are broken, who are hurt, who have been mistreated and misused. There are some things that we do as leaders. We have to apply that as well because you don't know what that person can handle, especially if they're, let's say you got a person who's working two or three jobs, somebody who bends over backwards for you, somebody who, you know, goes above and beyond. And then they're like, dang, I'm still struggling, but my leader don't see me or my leader is not looking at the fact that I'm not going to ask for anything, but I hope that they see that I need this help. And if the leader is just saying, oh, you know, this, this is what God did for us. 
where does that person fall? I'm talking about the soul that may stumble. I'm talking about for the people who cannot handle that everybody in your house as your disciples do not hear the same. They do not see things the same. They do not learn the same. They don't have the same struggles. And when you are dealing with people, you have to allow God to guide you with every person. And you cannot just want everybody together and think that everybody is going to receive you in the same way and what you have to say. Okay, so what happens when you go mega? Some people will fall off. What 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 happens when you go from twenty members, fifty members, a mm -hmm. hundred members, thousand members? Every church has has dealt with people leaving yeah. at, at some stage, rather twenty, fifty, whatever. Every church has dealt with that. I don't think there's a leader in this world that has not dealt with members leaving or people just up and leaving, just for no reason. I think that's just, <laughs> people have to find where they are. But what say you <laughs> about leaving the 99 and going after, and going the, one. after the one? Mm, that's powerful. Most people won't do that. Because one is not enough. And that and that but goes what back happens to... When, but what happens when we say, oh, people come and go? You that see what part. I'm saying? That part. People come and that go. That part. And, and that's where I say you have to be led by the Holy Spirit, too. You got to know if you got a sheep or if you got a wolf. You got to know what's in your house. And even though God shows you a thing, he only shows you a piece of it. Okay, so what happens when you get to Megan? And mm -hmm. now you ain't got a hundred people, mm -hmm. but you got a thousand people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Your church and comes together and every everybody works in the place that God the has given them, in, in the capacity that God has given to them. You, you got evangelists, you got prophets, you got teachers, you got and you got disciples, but you got all of those people to come together and organization, structure. You can't do it all. That, that's just what you just said in the beginning. We cannot do it all by ourselves. We have to come together and you have to allow God to work in everyone else that he created besides you. Because if not, you're going to work yourself dead. <laughs> Period. Because you cannot. There is no leader in this world. Unless you got five members, be good to your five. And there's I, nothing wrong I with that. I understand that. Because a lot of times people want to do work. You yeah. know, that God has already prompted them in their spirit that, you know, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I think that people, when people can't do what they know to be equipped to do, they get discouraged. And, and that, goes, that goes not to even going to prophets and teachers and pastors and such. But when you have someone who has really uh come out of a thing and really has testimonies that that can to help deliver the people testimonies right that can help deliver the people they have to be using that's one thing apostle always teaches us is that if god sends a gift to your house you are obligated to use that gift so if you have five men 
or five women who have went to prison, who have done their time, who have went through struggles and hardships. And I'm just using that as an example. Why haven't you set up a prison ministry? Why haven't you set up for them to go out into the streets or into the corners or, or whatever, however you got your church set up in? Why are they not being used to help deliver a soul? Because they're not there to sit to sit for furniture. I mean, you have to, because what's going to happen is when that person is not being used, they're going to get frustrated in their spirit and the enemy will frustrate them. You ain't doing nothing but sitting here. Your gift ain't being utilized. They leave out of church and don't even remember what you talked about or or what the message was. They say, oh, that was a good word. And that's it. You know, but I also think that that, that, that you have to be careful with people. Yes. Because everybody who they say they are. That's right. I said she for a wolf. You You got to be careful. You have to be careful with how you handle God's people. And I know we're speaking from a place of, we there? (laughs) Yeah, we've seen a lot. Physically, we are not there. Spiritually is a different story. Mm-hmm. But I think that the real issue that plagues the people is the inability to be used in the capacity that they have been designed for. And, you know, but I think that that takes grooming it does i think that takes grooming i think it takes maturity for both parties absolutely first of all for the leader and secondly for that person absolutely because you can see a thing in a person yeah but give them that position too soon too soon absolutely and they mess up absolutely so I think that there 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 is there is something in that that has to be lifted up before God before uh, those types of things can take place but inevitably they do need to take place but but that goes back to okay well we got married marriage ministry we got singles ministry we got all these uh, kids ministry but there are people who are not in those categories that's that's my point. Like, if you have a, a, a drug addict, if you have someone that used to prostitute, if you have someone, you know, who was uh, abandoned as a child or whatever the case may be, yes, it has to be within them. But where do they go for that help? Where do they go when they don't fit into a group, per se? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, we have all these classes for how to be a preacher and how to be a prophet and how to be do this and how to be this and that. But what about the people that are missing? Because most people won't speak up. And, and basically say, hey, what you're saying is what about the people that need to grow? Yes. In the area that they struggle not at in. The front? Amen. Yes. The people that need to grow in the area that's not in the pulpit. Right. Because and that's but, and that's initially why you are here? Because before you got in, why the, God gave you that position? Before you got in the pulpit, you was in the pew. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. So if if just because you found it easier to pray or to fast or to read your word, 
to a million next person did. And it, I it think doesn't. that everybody has a season. Yes. When you're going to go through a struggle with fasting, you're going to mm-hmm. go through a struggle with praying, you're going to go through a struggle with reading. And I'm not talking about you're not going to fast, you're not going to pray, you're not going to read. I'm talking about a consistency. Yeah. I think that everybody will come to a place at one point or another that they won't be as consistent. Mm-hmm. And what we're saying here is that everybody needs everybody needs a hand up. They do. And not a handout, but a hand up. Without the distractions. Because sometimes church can be a distraction. You know. Back in the day, and, and I'm when gonna say it like you start preaching. You sit down. You sit still. Yes. Don't nobody move. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> That's fine. Yes, you couldn't do no You couldn't do nothing. But yes. you don't get up and go to the bathroom. Right. But I'm not but, even talking about just that type of distraction. Okay. But as people, we can be the distraction for someone else if we're not careful. And that's all I'm saying. I'm just saying that we have to humble ourselves and see where we fall short. We have to humble ourselves and see where we might be causing causing somebody else to stumble. We have to humble ourselves and make sure that we are being doers of the word ourselves. Okay? Because eventually that's what separates us too. So you, we, we have to be doers of the word. We can't just preach something and teach something. We have to live that word and be the walking testimony as well because people are going to look at your life. And if all they see is fashion and all they see, that might be, that may, that may draw them, but, but what is going to keep them? They need substance to be kept. Right. They, they, they need something that's going to keep them and that's going to be only the word. And when you think about it, um, there's so many things that I didn't understand in the beginning of my walk that my biggest concern for people is I just want to help them understand that that is my that is my biggest thing, because I understand what it's like to walk out of church and not know what in the world just happened. I don't know what what are they doing? What what's going on? You know, and that that was when I didn't know my word. but. When a person walks out of the doors, that may have been the only chance you've had to reach them. Reach them. You know, and, and sometimes it's not about a whole sermon. Sometimes it's about one thing that you said. And it's not that they are so moved by it, but it may be something that they go home and it could be five months later that they reflect on that one word. And contemplate by one. And the Holy Spirit will remind them of that thing. And so sometimes we have to be, why not sometimes, we have to be very careful about the words that are coming out of our mouth unto souls. And we better be saying, when we say it's God, it better be God. (laughs) You better not be lying on the Holy Spirit because he going to deal with you. So if you said God said, you better make sure that that's who said it. Because you can't you can't be doing it. You know what I'm saying? Because people don't trust God already. Because they don't, they don't know him. They don't know him. And that and you gotta be careful about how you represent him. But and and I don't want No, you can't. You get to know him through that personal relationship. 
You did what? what I you say you get to know him through the word. Oh, okay. You get to know him through a personal relationship. Right. You right. get to know him because people read the word by itself all day but have no revelation, but they have knowledge of the mm. word. But don't have no revelation of the word. Yeah. And, 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 and they don't have no conviction. Right. You know, and and, and that's how the Jack Lee's can read that word and tell you what that word say mm-hmm. and live a messed up life. Mm-hmm. Jacked all the way up to yes. the max. Yes. But still look blessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> still look blessed. Yes. But it's okay. But we 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 we're not here to talk about. It's not about what people. Everybody else, yeah. is or is not doing. It's about what God wants to do, and what He wants us to do. Yeah. And He said, "If my people, which are called by my name, mm. will humble themselves, pray, seek my face." And turn from their wicked ways. Mm. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. Humble themselves. And that's where we are. He said, my people. Not my person. Not my woman of God. Mm. Not my man of God. But if my people, which are called by my name. Mm. Many are called. Many are called. Make no mistake, many are called. It's up to you if you're chosen or not. Mm. It's up to you if you say, yes, God, I'll do it. It's up to you if you say, God, I'm going to take the initiative to learn of you. It's up to you if you say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read. The word. I'm, I'm going to, when I wake up, I'm acknowledge God in all my ways so that he can direct my path. It's up to you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's totally up to you. The Holy Spirit will tell you something, but he ain't going to make you do anything. <laughs> Not at all. He'll tell you, hey, don't go left. Go right. I know left is the quicker way to get to where you're going, but I need you to go right. Something down there that I don't need you entangled up in. So this is why I'm telling you to go right. I say it like that because everybody don't hear the same. Mm. And, and you say, Chris, you just said the same thing three times. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I said them three times, mm. but I said them three different ways. That's right. Because people don't hear the same. They do not. You know, and the Holy Ghost speak to you. In the way that you can hear. That's right. That's right. And I think that. That's good right there. Once we can come together. Collectively. Mm-hmm. One body. One mind. Under one God. The things. That the land. Is dealing with. Will be healed. Because that's what we have. We have an issue in the land now. Mm. It's 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 not it's not um it's not in there Africa only. It's not in <laughs> Asia only. It's not in America, Paris, France only, <laughs> Germany yeah. only. It's the land in its entirety. Yes, it is. It's in 
the land in its entirety. The whole world is suffering under the same umbrella. Mm -hmm. And we are under the same God. Mm. The same open heaven. Mm. And we say, oh, the prince of the air is having his way. And he's just killing and killing and killing and killing. And nothing can be done unless God allows it. Mm. Amen. Nothing can be done unless God allows it. That's if you are in the right place. That's if you are doing the right things. And that leads me to Job. And Job was cool until he was confronted for his righteousness. And I'm going to leave that right there. <laughs> But this is what we want to expound to y'all today. My people which are called by my name will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. I just want y'all to just 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 take that in today. I, I, I want y'all to take that in. I want you to understand that that means collectively, not one person, but us as a body of believers, us as a body of people, us coming together, unified. That's what God wants. He wants us to be unified, not 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 segregated. Mm. You know, when the Bible said, come from among them and be separate. He said separate. That means grow. <laughs> that means not separated. Right. As in, I can't talk to you. Right. Because how else are we supposed to reach the person that's not in the place that we are? Jesus said, I came for... The sinner. I came for the yes, one that yes. was sick. I ain't come for the one that was whole. I ain't come for the one That's that right. was well. But I come to That's make right. well the one that ain't well. That's right. So this, we need to come together. This is a, this, this is about togetherness. Not you and me, but togetherness. Yes. Not denominations. They force us into separation. Mm -hmm. Causing division when we should be called a holy nation. Yeah. We are a chosen people. Not a church or a steeple. But we are God's people. And on that note, we're going to end. I hope y'all took something from this today. Um, I know it's kind of early in the morning. But I hope that it was something that you can ponder on, if you will. And... Basically, just get to understand where we are. Yeah. And that we are better together. together. We're better Amen. together. Amen. I love y'all to life. Is there anything that you wanted to say before we close out? Um, no. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it right there. I'm gonna leave it right there. Okay. Y'all have a great day. Have a good one. Each that went way over. <laughs> <I'm> the pastor. <laughs>
Pastor Chris. That went way, God. way over. 